thank you for tuning in to this special episode of Movie Geeks United. Following the astonishing one-two punch of Whiplash and La La Land, director Damien Chazelle has returned with First Man, an absorbing and soulful telling of astronaut Neil Armstrong and his historic voyage to the moon. From the moment he agreed to helm the film, Chazelle called upon his frequent collaborator and most valuable player, composer Justin Horowitz. At 33 years of age, Horowitz is already a two-time Oscar winner for his work on La La Land, and his latest efforts for First Man are every bit as ambitious and distinctive as that beloved musical. We spoke to Mr. Horowitz about his gorgeous score, its intriguing instrumentation, and the fruitful collaboration he shares with Mr. Chazelle. When you first hear about uh, they're making a movie about Neil Armstrong and the trip to the moon, you you just automatically think of, well, the music's obviously going to be bombastic and anthemic. Um, but yeah. you guys went a completely different direction, much to my delight. So, mm-hmm. so that must have been a conversation you and Damien had from the, from the very beginning. Yeah, it was. Um, and, and I, I sort of assumed the same thing you did uh, until I read the script because I, I knew nothing about Neil um, other than the very basic thing that everybody else knows, which is he was the first person to get to the moon. And, you know, so it seemed like a success story, but, um, it, and then I read the script and I, and I learned everything, you know, about the, the loss of their daughter and the loss of these friends and colleagues and um, how, um, you know, uh, st- stress, the, the marriage and the family was um, over the course of these years um, because of everything that they were going through uh, for NASA and for these missions. So it, it, I, I started to get a sense of, oh, w- this is a darker story. Um, this is a more complex story than I, I knew anything about. Um, and then, yeah, talking to Damien about it uh, before I sat down at the piano for that first time and getting a sense of his he always throws words at me, um, things he wants to feel from the music. And the first words he used were pain, loss, grief, uh, loneliness. Um, he wanted to really get at that with the music. And, and we talked about the music would be used in all sorts of ways. So it would be used very, um, it would be used to support, you know, some real sort of action packed scenes like the launch and some real, beautiful scenes in space but it always needed to have that sense of loss in it because that's something that Neil was Neil and the whole family were 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 dealing with it was something that was um kind of underpinning all of those years all those experiences um and and almost you know motivating him and 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 pushing him to search for answers um throughout the entire movie. Um, yeah. So, and, you know, and, and in searching for answers in, in space, really, it's like he was, he was going on this cosmic journey almost to, to, to find the answers he couldn't find on earth. Um, so um, yeah, it was, it was, it was really talking to Damien, which is when I got a sense of what this score needed to be. Yeah. And I mean, Damien is obviously, such a, a musically minded filmmaker. So mm-hmm. do, how, how far into the weeds do you guys get when you, 
when you talk about the feel of the pieces that you compose, does he have ideas about instrumentation, for example? Yeah, he he does have instrumentation ideas. He was the first person to suggest theremin to me. Um, So he he mentioned that early on. The first step is always just finding the the melodies and the themes, and that always happens with the piano. Um, So that happened early on that happened when he, as soon as he started prepping the movie, I sat down, I sat down at the piano and started uh, looking for the themes. And then once we, once we locked those in, uh, once we decided on the right couple pieces of material, then we, we, the conversation changed to instrumentation. So that's when he suggested theremin. We talked about the idea of mixing a, 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 an orchestra with, with electronics, vintage electronics and, um, creating a little bit of some some new sounds, um, uh, sort of designing a few new sounds that would go in the score. We talked about ways to process the orchestra, ways to manipulate the recordings of an orchestra to make those a little different, um, and you know, kind of fitting of what this movie was texturally. So that's where the idea of processing the strings, the way we did, came from. Um, and he he's very involved in every one of those decisions. He's he's listening to every demo. He's weighing in on everything. Um, he also speaking of being musically minded, he makes music. He he's really envisioning the music throughout all steps of his process, which is which is great for me because it it allows me to come into the the process early, and it's also just kind of incredible to watch the way he he knows what the music needs to be so early on. Um, mm. Like, he, like there are sequences in the movie, and this has kind of been the case for every movie we've done, but for this movie, um, large sequences where he wanted music created before, like during prep, because he wanted to be able to storyboard to the music. Um, and of course, those cues change later on. I have to tailor them a little bit to the picture later on, but we're getting them as close as we can during pre-production. And he he has this incredible mind where he can he sees the entire movie before he shot it. So he's giving me timings and exact shots saying, okay, this is where the camera is going to be. Then this is where the camera is going to be. And I need the, this, this section of the music to grow for 40 seconds. And then I need the strings to come in. And then I need uh, you wow. know, this to grow for 10 more seconds. So, so sequences like the landing, for example, giving me, really precise timings and telling me where each element needs to come in. Now I need the drums to come in. Now I need the, the brass to come in. And, and, um, and he's describing the shots and describing the cuts. And I'm just trying to listen to him because I, I have not seen the movie. Uh, he has in his own head. And so I, I'm just listening to him and trying to get as close as I can. And then he storyboards to the music. He and Lena Sandgren, the, the cinematographer, um, create their pre-visualizations, their animatics um, around some of these early mock-ups. And then he, he takes the music to set and he has it with him as a reference if he needs it. And um, he just, he makes it a part of his process, which is, which is really great for me because it gives time for the music to really evolve over mm-hmm. a long period of time. We get to live with the music. We get to tinker with the music and we just get to, um, you know, kind of integrate it to the filmmaking and the storytelling from, from the beginning. And uh, what I especially love about your score is that it, it actually contains 
a series of melodic themes and and more mm-hmm. and more in films uh you know since since the uh, the end of the 90s i think uh, a lot of composers have been called upon to kind of create dissonant soundscapes it's more of an effect score than it is mm-hmm. an actual melodic score uh, it was mm-hmm. that important to you to maintain different themes for different segments of the film yeah yeah um and that that's a, a sort of shared sensibility damien and i have and there there may be you know movies we make at some point that just don't have a melodic score um because it's, it's not always um appropriate in every movie but the movies he's made so far he really wanted a, a a very lyrical score and he really wanted to focus at the beginning on melody and find those melodies um it's it's one of the actually most grueling parts of the process is searching for those melodies um because they're you're you're not you're not there's nothing to sort of fit into at that point like it's it's almost once I can look at picture and I can respond to the picture then it's almost I kind of know what I'm doing but um but early on when he's just saying okay find the main theme of the movie um that's before the movie's been made so I, I haven't um and even if the movie had been made it may be the same case where it's just like I, there's, I don't know what I'm looking for exactly. I mean, I know what it, what it needs to feel like because we've talked about some of those words that he's looking for, that he, he wants the music to feel like, but to, to figure out how that translates into a melody is kind of mysterious and um, it can be very frustrating. It's the most frustrating part of the process for me. It's the only part of the process where I really develop quite a bit of doubt over, am I ever going to find this? Do I have it? Do I have the right melody in me? Um, what am I looking for exactly? Um, so I just have to keep going and going and going and trying idea after idea after idea on the piano. And I send him one piano demo after another, after another, after another. And we just narrow in and it's a lot of no's. It's no, 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 maybe, no, 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 maybe. And then eventually there's one where he just says, yes, that is it. That's exactly what I what I've been looking for. And um, in 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 the case of this movie, there were two pieces of material. He wanted the main theme melody, which is kind of the the melody of loss and and Karen and Neil's pain and Neil's grief. And um, and then there was this sort of uh, we call it the riff. It's it's kind of this family oriented ostinato. This is of triplets and um and we we treated that we thought of that kind of as like a secondary theme and he wanted both of those pieces of material figured out at the, early on um during prep um but then we talked about a little bit where to use them and immediately we started talking about let's let's keep them separate throughout the movie and let's have them operate in different ways and then let's put them together for the first time during the landing um, and he, and he, he wanted the landing mocked up. And so after we found this piece of material, the first piece of music that we actually created as a demo was the landing to be able to put those two themes together and find the instrumentation, find, um, the approach, the balance between synth 
and 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 orchestra. There's no theremin in the landing. Actually, it's one of the only cues without theremin. But um, but at least we can sort of start wrapping our heads around the, the orchestrational language and and sort of. Uh, electronic language of the, of the movie uh, to some extent yeah. and and to figure out how those themes could really operate uh could could really come together and, and how they could how they could work and in, in counterpoint i mean they were designed to work in counterpoint but it was the first time that we actually tried it out um so so yeah you know the the tell me a little bit about the theremin because it's such a unique uh distinctive sounding instrument and it kind of reminded me of uh, like the the saw that uh, Jack Nietzsche would use in his seventy scores. Mm-hmm. Maybe he used theremin as yeah. well. But it's got such a special sound to it. What what about that sound spoke to those those themes you're exploring in the movie? Yeah, it's um, we we didn't know exactly how the themes would work on it till till we got one and 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 start playing around with it and put the themes on it. But it was, the idea came, Damien suggested it. And I think the idea came because it's, it's, um, it's something that kind of places us in the time a little bit. It's theremin. I think most of our associations are fifties and sixties sci-fi. Um, so it's something that felt era specific and it's something that Damien liked the idea of having certain sci-fi flavors in the score because the, as he would as he would put it the these astronauts are going off on sort of a real life science fiction mission of their own they're going off into the unknown they have no idea what they're going to find and um so we liked it having those flavors but but from the very beginning one of the questions we asked is is, is it possible to use the theremin um in a in a really emotional way um we didn't want it to feel campy or like it was there as a sci-fi instrument we didn't want it to just to create you know the sound of aliens and weirdness we wanted to use it as a the way that you might use a violin or or a, or a, a human voice or something um how can we use it really expressively and emotionally um that was something we wondered and then we got one and i started playing the melody the main melody on it which we had already figured out on the piano we put it on the theremin and it 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 kind of exceeded our expectations in terms of how expressive um, an instrument it could be and how human it could be. Um, and that, that was actually kind of the, the most exciting discovery to me with how human it sounded. It, it, it almost, it really takes on the quality of a, almost like a voice. It, it can sound like singing. It can sound like crying. And we used it to sound kind of like both of those things in different contexts. It responds to your tiniest, tiniest movements. It, it 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 picks up on every little thing that you're giving to it. Yeah, it's just it can be it's so emotional and it's so human feeling. It's 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 this weird intersection between technology and humanity. I mean, it's so obviously electronic, but it yeah. also it feels like a like a very natural extension of your body and your voice and and um and that was a really great sort of discovery.
Yeah, it's incredibly expressive and and oddly uh, melancholy uh, at times. Yeah. It gives gives the movie a yeah. very haunting quality, I think. Yeah. Um, and I, we I, spent I, a lot of time figuring out how to how to how to exactly produce it, and and um, we put it through different filters to give it. Like we started off just using kind of the unfiltered theremin sound, and it's very uh, a normal theremin is very bright and very um, very electronic and almost sometimes abrasive sounding. But we found um, putting it through a low pass filter, and then I would put it on tape. I would put it through the Echoplex, which is a a piece of 60s gear uh, tape delay, and both of those things gave it this really warm and um, gentle feel that almost sounded ghost-like and, and haunting, mm-hmm. like you say. And so it took a lot of time to kind of calibrate the sound of it and kind of over all those months of post. And this is where watching, this is where working to the picture actually is so important because you can you can plan all these things and make all these demos early on, but until you see it against the picture, you don't know what's working and what's not. And it was, it was seeing it against the scenes until we found, and this was such a, it was such a crucial um, thing to figure out was exactly where the theremin was sitting in the mix and how the theremin was was um, was produced because the it needed a certain type of gentleness to it to, to to work in the score. Yeah, and it seems like the actual process of playing it is is a very gentle one as well because I don't know if a lot of people are aware this isn't an instrument that that you play with physical contact. It it almost looks like. You're conducting the instrument, and um, it's yeah. You never touch it, and and like I said, because it's 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 so sensitive. Um, you have to. It does. It you do have to be very sort of still and 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 um, you know very conscious of your movements around it. So it wow. it um yeah it it's, it's a really <laughs> interesting instrument to play. Yeah, uh, uh, we love film composition on the show we've since our beginnings 12 years ago we've we've celebrated the art of of film scoring uh so we're huge fans of it and and what i always like to ask each composer i speak to if if you were teaching a class or if you were just asked uh for your all-time favorite film cues throughout the history of the medium what are the titles Mm -hmm. that automatically come to mind for you Um, oh, that's, that's really hard. Um, I love, uh, um, City Lights has some of my very favorite music in it, uh, which Chaplin composed himself. Um, and, um, I think the last scene, the last cue of the movie, um, when, um, when they, they reconnect and he realizes it's her, that's, an incredible, very, very moving cue um, that I love. Um, I think the uh, E.T. is one of my favorite scores and kind of the, you know, the bicycle soaring cue is Mm -hmm. just so incredible and, and kind of gives, gives me and probably anybody goosebumps. Um, trying to think um i know it's an impossible yeah, question because I mean, i'm to, asking you to consider yeah. <laughs> the last hundred years of cinema <laughs> and one <Right>. question 
but those are great choices. Justin, my friend, I, I really appreciate it, and, and I really appreciate your, your beautiful work. I, I cherish it, so thank you. Thank you, Jamie. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm.